Hello! Hey guys, it's Arden Cho. This is Seth Gilliam. My name is Kiahu Kahuanui. Hey you guys, this is Melissa Ponzio. I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hey, it's Ronnie Adams. This is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another. Not Another. Not Another. This is Not Another Team Wolf Podcast. Yes, it is! Oh! <laughs> this is Jeff Davis, and you're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. Could it be? Yes, it could. Something's coming, something good. If I can wait, something's coming. I don't know what it is, but it is gonna be great. With a click, with a shock, phone will jingle, door will knock. Open the latch Something's coming Don't know when But it soon Catch the moon One-handed catch Around the corner Or whistling down the river Come on, To me Welcome to episode 68 of Not Another Teen Wolf podcast. It's that time again. It's time for spoiler roundup time because next week is the premiere of the new season. And we've got to do one of these episodes for season 3A, 3B and now season 4. So it's me and Karen today. Hello, Karen. Hi. Are you excited to be doing this spoiler roundup episode? Yes. Excited to be doing it at 9 in the morning. Um, no. <laughs> Nine in the morning does not sound very early, but when you were up as late as I was last night, you'd be pretty tired, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that for business or pleasure? Business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a bit of a switch. Usually we record when it's about uh, somewhere between 8 and 10 a.m. for me. Uh, start time and and at the moment we've just switched uh, to get this recording done in time because Karen happens to be available but she's not used to recording first thing in the morning so perhaps she'll adjust to it with time. Um, I doubt it. (laughs) Uh, Apparently Karen's a bad morning person according to uh, Donya and the others who were just with her at Indie PopCon. Um, I didn't notice too much at BiteCon about whether you're a bad morning person. You were a little bit you're a little bit failure than I expected. I expected <laughs> I expected you for some reason to be like super competent and like super kind of, you know, anxious and worried about being at things on time and that's why I was really surprised in New York when we were at the bus station, you know, trying to get to the bus station and you were like more chill about it than I was and I'm like we're really going to be late. And usually I am the person that's like flailing behind and not that Karen was flailing behind, but I was surprised that she wasn't more uh, neat and precise about her goings on. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that something people people think about you that you're kind of like the carefree one, or 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 what's your reputation as far as that goes? <laughs> My reputation, I don't know. As in terms of being like a morning person, I think some people are surprised that I'm not because like I tend to be a very bubbly person otherwise, but in the mornings I just kind of mumble and. I'm like a zombie, so... But I'm like, two in the morning, that's like my peak. I am really? most awake. Yeah, I it's really weird. I didn't know you were such a late night person. I thought you yeah. were like a good, you know, 
oh, if I'm not in bed at 10, 8, 10 p.m., I'm, you know, not happy kind of thing. Oh, God, no. Oh, you're so wholesome, no. <laughs> anyway, she's not really. This is just the thing that we like to uh, to say. Uh, but that's fine. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um, if you want to reach us to talk about Season 4, you can join us on Twitter, which is NATW Podcast. You can go on our Instagram, which is NATW Podcast as well, and we just sort of post personal photos of our teen wolfy lives on there. Uh, You can email us an email. You can email, send us an email at natwpodcast at gmail.com or you can join us on Tumblr, which is notanotherteenwolfpodcast.tumblr.com. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for an announcement about the Tumblr, which by the time you're listening to, you probably will have seen, but we're just going to promote it anyway. Uh, That's fine. You know, the more the better, really. So... We're about to talk about season four, spoilers for season four, which is very exciting uh, because we, you know, have the new episode coming next week. Uh, It's pretty soon after season three finished, so we didn't have too much time to process. Uh, But the screeners for season four have gone out, so there's starting to become a lot of spoilers about what's going on uh, coming up in you know, the press and Hyperbole and various other websites that cover Teen Wolf. So Karen has been doing a very, very good job of of trying to keep track of every new thing that comes out and get the pertinent information for us on Hyperbole. But if you happen to miss any of those articles or if you just wanted to listen to us talk about our thoughts about it, here we are to do that. So Karen, where did you want to start in terms of the season four spoilers that we know so far? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that we found out pretty early on was the fact that Isaac wasn't going to come back for season four. And basically at the end of season three, he left for France with Chris Argent. And Chris is going to come back, but Isaac isn't. And that's because Daniel Sharman decided that he wanted to move on to other things temporarily. He might come back. He requested that his character wasn't killed off. So Isaac's just kind of running around France right now, all by his lonesome. And it makes me sad. I really love Isaac. I wish he'd be in season four him as well and I was really liking where he kind of was in terms of the other characters like the kind of things that were starting to happen some of the dynamics like the styles and Isaac dynamic was starting to be my favorite thing in the world and you know I think the character does have a lot to offer and I mean it is a bit it is a bit disappointing and a little bit annoying I guess like I don't know what Daniel Sharman's plans are, but uh, isn't he? Is is it just because he's in the originals? He can't do both. Is that like he got a better offer and that's it? Like is that no? I think what happened was he wanted to go out for pilot season and ended up landing a gig on the originals. So it wasn't that he left for the originals. It's just like he left to try other things, and that's the thing that he got. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I like a lot, and I think it's, you know, it is disappointing. That being said, uh, when we talk about the, you know, the premiere episode, you know, I'll have to get your opinion about this as well, but the the new team of people that they've put together is very strong, and it's kind of almost like 
no one else ever existed. And that is also kind of sad to me that, you know, that the the old characters aren't, you know, going to have a, a presence there anymore because it was a really good dynamic and I would have liked to see him, you know, I would have really liked to see him stay and, you know, see his coping and his relationship with Scott and, and everything. And he was by far the funniest to me on the show by the end of season 3B, <laughs> especially because most of 3B was Styles being like a horrible, you know, yeah. possessed demon as opposed to a funny, funny boy. Uh, so yeah, we, we shall miss Isaac a lot, uh, but you know, we can hope that he has a triumphant return at some point, but who knows, maybe he will go off to, you know, if he's just stuck in Europe, you know, France and London are pretty close together, and there was that one time in that rave where Erica was encouraging him and yes. Jackson to hook up, so maybe they'll have a beautiful life together in the European Aww. continent. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the plot now. Write Everyone's some, happy. Write me some fan fiction about the Isaac and Jackson European werewolves in love adventure. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Moving on. Um, one of the other small spoilers we got was this character named Fahey. And basically, he's a hired gun in his late 30s. And they describe him as frightened yet masculine. And that's really all we know about him. And I don't know. I That description seems kind of weird to me. Like, it seems a bit of a strange to have a big announcement about, if you know what I mean, like a big... Uh, press release like I don't know if there's going to be more to it than that like um, yeah if he's going to be like an integral part of the plot or I mean they did that with 3B a bit they had some big announcements that ended up being not that important or being cut out like the whole um, Claudia Stalinsky moment where that actress was there was a big press release about her having this role so was this guy just the character announced or the the actual casting? It was just the character, and something just occurred to me. Didn't we see in the trailer, I think it was one of the skeleton people thingies, was holding a guy up, and I don't remember exactly how it was. I was just wondering if that could have maybe have been him, but... I don't know. Again, it's it's going to be something to look out for, and it may end up being nothing and they they may just be yeah. little things to cover up the big things. I mean some of the other casting that we we know about is the uh, besides from the the three boys which were done uh, announced quite a while ago the which we'll talk about more in a moment. But there was also going to be a girl called Violet who is a 16-year-old student who's appearing in some episodes. Uh, we don't know much about her. Who else? What, what other new casting was there? Have you seen any other kind of press release style announcements about characters or casting? Um, not really. I think a lot of the focus is on the three new boys, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, like the uh, Degrassi, the next generation cast, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Liam Mason and Garrett. Yeah, so that's... Um, Liam is Dylan Sprayberry, and he's one of the new 
leads, pretty much. He's not a regular, but he's going to be a focal point. And then there's Mason and Garrett, who are friends of that character, or at least in his year group. They're freshmen, as opposed to Scott and Styles being juniors, I guess. And so they're going to be sort of the new little little team. And I don't know if it'll ever be that our werewolves graduate and that they will be the new sort of teen wolves or whatever. But, uh, you know, but, you know, that's why I keep thinking in my head it's like Degrassi, the next generation, or like Saved by the Bell, the new class. And I feel bad yes. about that because <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd feel about that happening, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people are not really down with this whole, like, new generation thing because they feel like it's replacing the characters that we already have. Mm. But I'm, I mean, as long as it doesn't go that far, like, I'm totally fine with it because in high school you tend to rub elbows with people all over the spectrum and you know there can be a lot of tension between juniors and seniors and then freshmen and sophomores so I think it makes sense to introduce these younger kids and kind of expand Scott's circle a little bit so I guess we'll just have to see how they pull it off but I'm pretty interested to see how they do that Hmm. yeah I mean do we want to talk straight away about uh, Liam as a character before we get into the benefactor stuff since we have mentioned him? Yeah, mine as well. I mean, the big thing, I guess, that I was really surprised Jeff let slip oh my so God, me too. <laughs> was that Liam is going to be Scott's beta. Yeah. he's uh, That's pretty big. That's yeah. huge. So he's Scott's beta. He's the first person that Scott actually turns there was actually a bit of discussion about this at the um one of the conventions that's happened recently in terms of what makes someone your beta which is um an interesting little thing that i just saw going around tyler hecklin i mean this may be his own head canon um as opposed to jeff's canon but i actually really like what he said this is just in terms of what we've talked about so many times about what makes someone your beta and apparently it's only through in Hecklin's opinion, the reason that he's not technically Scott's beta, even though he feels like he's aligned with Scott's pack, is because betas are either through family, like hereditary born in that family, through inheritance, like if you are an alpha and you kill another alpha, their betas become your betas, or if you bite someone and turn them. So you can be another werewolf sort of aligned with a pack, but it doesn't mean you have that beta connection. And that's Uh-oh. and that's Hecklin's opinion, and that's why Isaac and uh, and Isaac and Derek wouldn't have technically been Scott's betas by the whole werewolf superpower thing, even if they were in his pack. But Liam is full on Scott's beta, as in it's he's the first person Scott bites, and we actually knew this was happening. It was one of the things that we found out when we visited the set, and we were obviously not allowed to give those spoilers until after it was announced by the show. Um, but we've been wondering for a long time how it was going to happen and all of those that, that kind of stuff, and I'm just really surprised that that was actually announced prior to seeing it in the episode. Uh, what the episode 
that it happens in because we would have thought that was one of the biggest reveals. But as we learn, yeah. spending time with Jeff, he just loves to talk about the show to anyone who cares about it. And he is so excited by things that he wants to share them, which is probably why he runs his mouth in interviews so much because he gets excited. <laughs> and the other writers always say, you know, oh, we can't say anything because we'll get in trouble from Jeff. But if he says it, there's no one for him to get in trouble from. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, and the cool thing about this is he is so excited about Liam. Like, he was practically jumping up and down. And that makes me really excited for it. That's why I was like, I'm really looking forward to the new kids because I feel like everybody, not even j- just Jeff, but like, uh, Posey and Dylan and a lot of the other characters that are are actors that have been around for a while, they are so into the fact that these new kids are here and are really taking them under their wings. And that makes me excited. Yeah. Like, full on, guys. It was so ridiculous because Jeff literally bounces up to us in the hallways, like the Beacon Hill High hallways that we were touring through to come and say hi. And he just is like, I've got to tell you this guy, this thing, guys. Liam, do you know what his deal is? Have you worked it out? And we're like, no. And he's like, he's Scott's first beta. The way that happens, it's so good. Oh, my God, you guys aren't going to believe it. It's just, he was, like, so excited. And he was like, it's been so amazing. And, like, Tyler is so obsessed with it. He's like, the the dynamic is like, they're like brothers already. And he's just so thrilled about doing it. And he was so excited. And, like, later at BiteCon, I, we had... Tyler Posey at our tea party that we hosted uh, with Daunt's Teas and I kind of sidled over to him as I was sort of babysitting him and circulating him through the groups and I was like yeah so Jeff told us like the situation with Sprayberry and he kind of gives me this wide eyes and he goes oh and I'm like how is it how is it going how is it and he was just like he kind of looks to the side and he's like so fucking awesome you guys have no idea you're gonna freak and I was like oh good this is gonna be good so they're very very excited about the whole um Liam situation and and Scott having a proper beta yeah and you know I think it might have even been in that same interview where he said that but um, they're saying that Liam's going to be like a little brother to Scott and Styles, and for some reason, some people aren't on board with that. They're like, why does he, they need a little brother, and blah, 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 but I think that's really cool, and such a cool dynamic, especially in high school, when if you're a freshman, things can get pretty scary, especially if you're on the lacrosse team, and there are players that are older than you and stuff, and yet, you know, these two are going to take Liam under their wings and I just I'm so excited for it I think it's gonna be such a cool storyline yeah and I mean I was very surprised at the way that you know I couldn't have called it like the way he got turned Karen yeah like you guys will see but I couldn't have called it like we were Jeff was like you guys like the way that it happens it's just so insane and it kind of was like it you know this ain't no Derek Hale being like, hello, teenager, would you like creepily like to become a werewolf now and <laughs> sign up for changing your life? It, it, it certainly isn't that. Let's just, let's just leave that at that. But, um, but yeah, I'm really surprised Jeff announced it, but given how willing he was to talk about it to anyone with ears and a non-disclosure agreement, uh, yeah, I'm kind of not surprised that he <laughs> could keep his mouth shut. But 
it also is kind of exciting because I'm like, if they announced this, what else, else is going to be yeah. going on this season? Like, oh. is there something even bigger than Liam being Scott's beta? So I guess that might be a good transition into this whole idea of having a benefactor this season. There's this character called the benefactor, mm. and we really don't know anything about him or her. We don't even know, you know, what gender or anything, but tied in with that is something called the Deadpool, which is a list, a hit list of supernatural creatures. And, you know, mo- I don't know if it'd be most all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff basically said, we call it the Deadpool. It's a list of names, a list of all the various kinds of supernatural creatures in Beacon Hills. It's essentially a hit list, and all of their names are on it. The mystery is, who is this person paying out for the supernatural creatures in Beacon Hills to be murdered? Who is the benefactor? See, and I've and I've just been trying to convince Karen that this whole Deadpool thing is a reference to, like, Deadpool, the comic character, because... And I was like, I was like, no, no. I know he's talking about the list, but he he's calling it the Deadpool in the same way that people called the early '90s haircut the Rachel. Like, because <laughs> De- Deadpool is a is an assassin character. He's a mercenary who basically yeah. has it. He's hired by people. You know, he has a hit list to kill people. He's a, a Marvel, an early Marvel antihero. And Jeff is a big fan of of Marvel. I think that he was talking about that a, a fair bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was a Deadpool, an actual Deadpool reference, but otherwise it could just be a pool of dead things. We don't know. And yeah, and so is is the benefactor the one doing the killing or is he the one organizing for the people to be killed by various means? He's the one organizing it. So I have a feeling he's going to be in the background for the majority of the season and we won't even get a glimpse of him probably till closer to the end. Or her. Gerard. I know, that was my first thought too, because who else has such a vendetta? What I mean, I'm sure there's pl- probably a lot of people, but he seems to be a very good contender. What and we know we, <laughs> we know that Gerard's story isn't done yet, and that he's probably going to show up in season four. I mean, it's not confirmed by any means, but some of the things that Jeff was saying at BiteCon made it seem like maybe Gerard would be popping up again soon, so... I don't know. I don't know either. Um, What else can we tell you about that so far? Deadpool, Benefactor. I mean, we have seen through screeners the premiere and one other episode, a non-consecutive other episode. They chose to do that for some reason. I don't know why. But there was a lot of good things going on in those two episodes, a lot of strange new things introduced. And I have no idea if any of what went on there was to do with the benefactor or not. But as we know, the very first episode is the road trip episode to Mexico. So, I mean, obviously we're going to do a whole recap episode about that when it actually airs and we watch it live. But Karen did an episode of, uh, an episode review of sort of, vague premiere spoilers so do we want to talk a little bit about sort of secret first impressions of of the season four episodes yeah i'm super impressed so far i feel like every season feels really different from the last and that's definitely there's no change between um 
that attitude going from season three to season four. I think it feels really different in a good way. And I'm really impressed by how it looks. It looks really different. Cinematography of the first episode, and I mean, it might just be because of the locations they were using, but it felt very beautiful and different to me. Um, So that was impressive. I really, really enjoyed that. I don't know if they actually, like, went out into the kind of desert, like, near San Diego, like, near the actual border and filmed that, or what happened exactly with the filming, but I think a lot of it was on location in some way, and it just, it did look really cool, and it makes me want, like, more, you know, Teen Wolf out and about in the world, as opposed to Teen Wolf in a dark, shadowed alley. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really liked it, and as I said, I mean, this is a good and bad thing, but it was it was kind of instantly like the group that you, we were working with, which is obviously Scott and Styles, Lydia, Kira, and Malia, uh, with eventual Derek. Um, I don't know. It just felt like there never had been a different group, even though it was all about like some, you know, they didn't hide the fact that kind of, you know, they were talking about, oh, who's Kate? And, you know, Malia's like, I want to know who Kate is. And Kira's like, yeah, can you explain this to me too? And they actually address the fact that there's new people and that there were older people that had a past and there's, a you know, a moment about Alison, you know. But I don't know, the, the team feels like a pretty good unit already, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a little bit of headbutting there, mostly on Malia's part, yeah. but it's not... It's not, pers- like, how do I explain this? She can't help it. And one of the the spoilers that I wrote up was that Malia is still working on being human. And I think a lot of people have been looking forward to this side of her for a long time, since she was introduced, and we're finally getting it. And it causes not huge problems, but, you know, they kind of have to take her aside and be like, look, this is not how we act. And um, it's really funny and also, I think, really realistic. And I love, I am so ready to love Malia. And I was one of those people that was really neutral on her by the end of season three. We thought she was hella shady before. And I was like, you know, we just have to see where this is going and then I'll decide. But Season four, Malia, I am so on board with her. I think she's going to be a really cool addition to the group. Yeah, I'm quite keen on her as well, actually. And I know I'm going to have to stop myself nitpicking in terms of like, oh, how come she knows about this, but this is a total alien human trait? Yeah. And I know I'm going to have to stop myself nitpicking about that, but the way that they do do things, it's very... I don't know, it's, it's very blunt and it's very, it's very cool. It's kind of, we kind of knew what to expect in terms of, like, her being that kind of Anya-esque, like, I don't know how to function, you know, I don't know societal norms, I'm going to say whatever and not realise why. But it, it's great and, I don't know, it kind of works and she has this mad hair, like, she doesn't know how to brush it and it's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, it, it's kind of cool. Like it, I, really, I love it. Yeah, I really like that. So, um, and... I think that, you know, her relationship with Styles seems somewhat unexplained but interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, she she seems to have just sort of accepted her position. I mean, I don't know how much, you know, storyline there's going to be that involves her and, and Peter and whether she wants to permanently go back to being a 
Coyote, like if that was her end game, or if she has some manipulation thing going on. But for the time being, see, she seems to be kind of going along with the pack, and, and it is funny, and I, I think it's working pretty well. Um, like the girls, all three of the girls, like Lydia, Malia, and Kira, all seem to have become friends, and that's kind of one of those things where... I, I want the middle ground story there. Like, I don't know how far away this is meant to have been from the end of 3B. Like, do, have they said that? Like, how big the gap is in their timeline? Two months. Okay. Um, well, it just seems like... I mean, these people are thrown together through circumstance, but I don't know. I, I kind of like it. it. It is working for me so far. Yeah, I agree. And... Uh... This kind of all ties in together, too, but we get some old characters coming back right in the first episode. And I think what's really cool is a lot of characters who haven't necessarily had a lot of screen time together, where it's just those two, they get it in the first episode. And um, that's kind of why I was like, oh, new ships will sail, because inevitably, you know, people are going to start shipping characters together when they have a little bit of screen time, which I think is cool because I love seeing them sort of branch out. We always get a lot of, you know, Scott and Styles, and I like seeing those characters separate from each other and how they interact with other characters. I think that's really interesting, and they do it really well right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you know, a character that's incredibly present right from the get-go is Lydia, uh, and this season, you know, is meant to focus quite a bit on her sort of honing her whole supernatural ability, and you can sort of tell that right from the start with this, like, even even in this whole Mexico rescue mission, um, it's addressed by, you know, her, herself and outside people, and and I think that you know, it's been a long time coming, but I think that we're going to have really good stuff from her this season, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before plenty of times, but her storyline is one of the ones that I am just most looking forward to because she has grown so much as a character. I think her and Scott have both changed so, so much, but Lydia's is so obvious. If you go back and look at season one Lydia she's just a completely different person and I love this new Lydia who is still very much the same person that she was in a lot of ways but she's also grown as a person and now that she has this supernatural storyline I just I cannot wait to find out more about her and her powers and how she's going to be dealing with all of that yeah, I mean, speaking of new ships, in the other episode we saw, pretty sure there's a new Lydia ship coming. But... You caught that too? Because oh, it was, yeah. like, instantaneous for it me. It was a pretty big deal. Yeah, so <laughs> that should be fun. Um, I was I was surprised, but instantly intrigued. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that should be... Uh, that's something for you all to look I forward to. Cannot wait till we can talk about that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. And then what a few, 
what else? The Scots' responsibilities as an alpha may cause him some trouble. Seems like mm-hmm. word has got around about true alpha Scott McCall. Um, yeah. And, yeah, people aren't too keen on it or are keen to, you know, use his powers for their own means or, you know, kill him before basically, he does damage or something. Yeah, and basically people are keeping an eye on him now and he's got to be careful and I think some of his actions are going to lead to some problems. And, I, I mean, that's interesting, you know, in terms of a television show, that's conflict. And... I am really interested to see going forward how that plays out and because we know we know what a good person Scott McCall is and we know that he would never do anything on purpose to hurt anybody, kill anybody, do anything that would lead to significant problems. And but you can't always control that, especially when you're an alpha, things happen and you become a target and you can't control those circumstances. So I'm just curious to see if he's going to be able to convince characters who otherwise would think he's a bad guy that he's actually not. I mean, and that's confusing to me because, like, isn't the whole point of a true alpha that it's like they're so Jesus-y and beautiful souls <laughs> that they became an alpha without needing to, like, kill anyone? Yeah, but I think that people look at the power of a true alpha and wonder, you know, is this going like to change the person? Power corrupts absolutely style. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Well, who knows? Um. But yeah, there's definitely some kind of hard to watch scenes in terms of, uh, you know, the the people who are interested or you know in Scott's power kind of. Um, testing that, basically. Yeah. That was something I didn't really expect to see. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty harsh, but it was like seeing him sort of go through that. I'm like, wow, you're a man, Scott. You're a man. Like, <laughs> like compared to the sort of floppy-haired kid from season one, oh. it was like, I was kind of like, wow. Like, it, it was really... There's this one bit... <sighs> God, I don't even know how to say it. There's this one bit where he says something on the phone to Styles, And I was just like, oh my God, he's such a man. He's so uh, demanding. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Oh, it was beautiful. And I, was, oh, I think man. it's the first time you kind of hear him in the episode. Is, it might yeah. Be right. And I was just like, oh my God. He's such a man. And I couldn't get over it. Like, um, but you'll know, you guys will know when you see it. And I, I hate, like, being like, ah, oh, we saw this. But, yeah, you guys will know when you see it what I'm talking about because it was important. Anyway, um, so the whole point of the trip into the Mexican desert is to go after Derek, who was missing at the end of season 3B. Like, the last we saw of him was in that weird fantasy dream with Styles, which... By the way, I'm going to say right now, it's not addressed whatsoever in the in the pilot. It might in the premiere. It may be later in the season, but in that whole like, you know, spiritual guidance dream that he had at the end of <laughs> like season three B, I still don't know what was happening there. And as of this point, we also still don't know what is happening there. He may just be having that dream somewhere, or it may be explained later on. But yeah. I ain't getting no answers about that so far. Um, 
Anyway, spoiler alert, they find Derek. Or, hang on. Um, no, I'll rephrase that. Spoiler alert, Derek does appear in this episode. Uh, as it is uh, sort of known, there is a, a big cliffhanger slash reveal about Derek at the very end of this episode, and it was definitely not something I ever expected to see. I saw... Me neither. I saw... I think I think I saw an interview with either Hecklin or Jeff, and I think it was Hecklin, saying, you know, what happens to Derek is something that I don't think I've seen happen on television in as long as I can remember. It's definitely not something that's happening in the plot of any other television show currently. And I was just like, oh, yeah, sure, okay, yeah. I was in the Glee fandom. They said this all the time. They're like, this has never happened. And it was like the most boring, like, you know, oh, my God, this is groundbreaking progressive television um, that has never occurred before. And all it was was like a time jump, like six months. I'm like, wow, well done. No. I don't think I've ever seen this happen on a television show before either. Um, I apparently used the wrong word on Twitter by calling it zany. Um, <laughs> and apparently this caused some controversy because apparently I was being too frivolous and making light of the bad things that happened to Derek. To me, I'm very sorry, listeners, to me zany just meant totally out there and crazy, which it is totally out there and crazy. But sorry if anyone thought I was being too frivolous about Derek Hale's pain. Um, I wasn't. I feel like they don't know that we make the number of fire jokes on this podcast so far, like... Yeah, I, I think you guys need to, uh, yeah, need to realise that we kind of do find his pain funny. Um, <laughs> we don't. In the end of that, we don't really. You have to laugh or you'll cry. Like, um, right, exactly. We have a lot of feelings about it, but it is also super funny. Um... Anyway, yeah. it's not zany in terms of like, oh, what a hilarious capy, what a hilarious caper. It's weird and out there, and I'm re- and I have no idea how, like, I I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think the reason that they gave us the 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 screener episodes out of order as well is so that we won't get the plot line of how this happened, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, so we don't get the the reveal about that but it is a big cliffhanger yeah and it's so good it's so good i was so surprised and that's why i i hope there like no more spoilers come out about it so that people don't necessarily put it together because i mean i know that we're all super into the show and people who are in fandom tend to go digging for spoilers they want to know things ahead of time but sometimes you just need to sit back and take the show as it comes and be really shocked by what happens because it is so good if you can do that. And I hope that happens for a lot of people with this cliffhanger because it's just, oh, it's so good. I feel like if a lot of spoilers are announced in advance and people know a fact without sort of seeing it in context, that they sometimes, like, build up an idea about it, like a negative idea or just a an idea about it that's not quite right because they're not actually just seeing it happen and and yeah. seeing it in the way and then when they see it they've got a predisposed idea of it already and it like it can ruin it a bit like it can it can make it so that you you know so that your reactions are colored by 
you know, analysis and whether you want to analyze it later or not, that's one thing. But people sort of forming opinions of, of thing, things happening before they see them. Um, <coughs> sorry. Which is what I'm slightly worried about with the Scott Beta thing. Um, is, is a thing that happens when you get too many spoilers. So I hope that, yeah, that not too much more comes out. Just quickly, one thing about the other episode that we saw, and this isn't too much of a spoiler, it's something that Jeff mentioned at BiteCon, I believe, in his panel, and I think it's something that he, he said, you know, in terms of showing things with families, you know, that, you know, they wanted to have a good, you know, good single mum and, you know, people with various family situations shown positively. He also said because of the presence of his own stepfather in his life, he wanted to show a really important stepfather and stepson relationship, um, which is something that we got to see a little bit of in the other episode that we watched. And it really stood out to me as, like, really awesome. Like, it really... I really, really enjoyed the dynamic of the... of that... those characters, the new characters, um that that relationship's happening in. Um, and I don't feel too bad mentioning it because it, it is something he talked about because that was something that was really important to him, like his own stepfather and the, you know, showing how genuine that those relationships can become. So did you notice much about that in the other episode that we watched? Uh, yeah, that stood out to me too. And I really love that idea. I mean... Jeff puts so much of himself into this show, and I think because of that, the show is so relatable. A lot of it um, is just very true to life, and it's, you know, Scott's mom being a single mother and still, you know, struggling, but being a really good mom at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is one of the most beautiful relationships on Teen Wolf and this idea that, you know, stepfathers can be good guys and they could have a good relationship with their stepson, I think is really amazing and isn't done a whole lot on television because a lot of times they use that relationship as the conflict yeah. and Teen Wolf doesn't need to do that. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of big and horrible and dramatic things that happen in the other episode with, that we saw, but that was just the one little thing that I wanted to mention as really loving it, as well as um, the return of lacrosse, I guess. <laughs> so much lacrosse. Yeah. Guys, if you guys missed lacrosse, it's really yeah. back. Like, it's really oh yeah. Back. And actually, that's a good segue into um, Posey, I think, in particular, but some of the other cast members have said that season four feels a lot like season one. It makes them nostalgic for season one, and um, that's pretty exciting to me. I think that season three, particularly 3B, was so intense and played with our emotions mm. so much that we kind of needed to go back to a simpler storyline, maybe one that's a little more linear. And, um, you know, they said that season four is going to have a lot of human problems this time, not necessarily. I mean, obviously there's going to be supernatural issues, but it's going to focus a lot on the human side as well. And that makes me really excited because I think we need just a little bit of a breather from season 3B. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said it quite a few times that you just can't keep 
attempting to like top something with intensity right there are times when you have to bring it down a notch um you know there's obviously going to be conflict but you can't just keep trying to make things more crazy and dark or you'll just end up in a like black hole like it it won't work and it you know and and part of showing you know the traumatic events is like showing the coping or the aftermath or kind of just it, it just makes the show well-rounded to have, you know, different different dynamics constantly going on and, and not just trying to be a competition of, like, how, you know, how dark and crazy it can get and, you know, who can we torture next or whatever, though I'm sure lots of people will feel very traumatised <laughs> anyway. But, yeah... There was a lot of humour um, once we returned to Beacon Hills in Season 4. There was a lot of humour that, you know, was very Season 1. Um, you know, lots of lacrosse, you know, coach, you know, all of that kind of thing. And it was cool, you know, to see Scott and Styles in that position, I guess, you know, introducing those new lacrosse characters as well. So... I think that people will will like it unless they're, you know, gluttons for punishment and wanted it to just be more dark and twisted forever. But don't worry, there's also some super dark and twisted stuff as well. In that, even, yeah. Even in just that episode that we saw, there's... Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a really unexpectedly screwed up stuff. <laughs> like, super bad. So, yeah, don't worry, you'll get that too. But... The lacrosse was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember what else we have to to talk about. Um, I want to talk about this new title sequence mm-hmm. because I really liked it. It was a little, it was sort of similar to season three um, in that it's kind of set up in the same way. But, and we've got Lydia and Derek's little sequences are pretty much the same, but we've got new stuff from Scott, a whole new thing from Styles. Malia and Kira are added in there, a couple of new um, shots of images, and then the end, which is usually sort of like a clue as to what the season's going to be about, is this desert landscape. And the whole thing, instead of having, like, the red overtone, has a golden overtone. And there's a lot of, like, sand and ash and dust. And it just, oh, it's so cool. It's so beautiful. I really like it. Oh, and, yeah, the golden tone also could be significant for other reasons. I mean, they have had those differently themed ones, like, the you know, the season that was very focused on on water. Um, And... I mean, I think Jeff has said, like, that, you know, the seasons have had an elemental theme. Um, yeah. And, and I don't remember what order they went in, if you know what I mean. Like, if if we've had, if earth or air, I can't remember. But um, I know that um, season two was definitely the water season. And then, you know, we had the red-toned credits because of the whole Scott Alpha thing. Um, yellow is often the colour in the elemental chart sort of connected to the air element, um, you know, with green being earth, red being fire, blue being water. But I have no idea whether this is going to be the air season or whatever because this isn't Avatar The Last Airbender, so I can't, like, 
that you, you'll see Karen when you watch that show that it's like <laughs> it's like each season is uh, has a theme of the elements but but yeah there could be a lot of reasons but yeah it, it is very yellow Styles has had his whole into the darkness situation so his credit has now changed to his murder board which is really cool. I mean, I wasn't expecting his to change that much, really. I I, I didn't really realise they were doing a whole new sequence, but it is kind of cool. I guess Derek's and Lydia's still relevant for their characters, but because Styles's was a whole foreshadowing thing... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was always foreshadowing or if they were like, lol, lol, now we, we can make it foreshadowing. <laughs> but... Um, Can it be foreshadowing if you make it foreshadowing after the fact? <laughs> I think people do it, honestly. I think sometimes yeah. incidences turn into foreshadowing. Um, Roscoe is gone. Allison is obviously <laughs> gone, as is the naked girl with the goo on her body, which I think was meant to represent <laughs> Allison. I don't... I never quite understood that. But there is a naked girl without any, any goo, so that is... Yes, no. and now she's got dust being thrown on her back, sand yeah. or something. But it looks cool. That's all that matters. Yeah, I don't know. People did a really great job with analysing the meanings in the credit sequences beforehand. But I actually kind of feel like this one had less imagery in it besides from the... Like, besides from the actual footage of the characters, like, the other yeah. one had the, you know, images of the hands going up and the girl with the goo and all of the different things. I felt like this one didn't have that much, like, separate imagery. It had the wolf. It had the, the full-bodied physical wolf actually happening, which was right after right, right after Derek's sequence, I believe. So that could be a thing in some way, but... It didn't seem to have as many, you know, images as the old, yeah. as the old credits had before, besides from the I actual th- footage of the characters. I think they might have cut that down to allow space for Malia and Kira. Yeah. Um, but I agree, there was less, like, separate images. But what did you think of Malia and Kira's little shots? Malia's was a bit weird to me. I didn't quite get what it was meant to be representing. Um, I liked it. I thought she looked cool. <laughs> she does. She kind of looks like she's adventuring in a cave, which I guess is fine. Um, Kira's was just a close-up with the sword, so that's kind of cool as well, but it didn't seem to have, like, a huge symbolic thing. Yeah. Like, like Derek's is meant to be really symbolic because of, I don't know, rising from the ashes or whatever. Baking. You know, or baking, yeah. <laughs> Um, Derek still likes to bake. Season four, yeah. Derek still likes to bake. Um, <laughs> Scott's, people have been pointing this out, and I mean, my eyes aren't fast enough to catch it, but it, they still have that that footage of, you know, Derek's tattoo forming on his back and Scott's tattoo forming on his arm, but allegedly in Scott's tattoo as it forms, you can see, like, a skull face in like as the ink comes together and apparently if you compare yeah. the old one it didn't used to be like that and people are like is that an omen of death is he gonna die or is he gonna kill someone or something i don't know i don't know what that means 
at all. But I I watched that gif like a hundred times, and uh, it was still really hard for me to catch yeah. it. I guess I kind of saw it, I but kind I of think saw it. yeah, I think. I think I know what that represents, and if I'm correct, it'll be taken care of in the first episode. I I don't think it was supposed to be, like, this big deal, like, oh my god, Scott's gonna die. Um, I think it might just be a little bit of an Easter egg they decided to throw in there, if it's a skull at all. Lydia's is the same in terms of her just going back into the underworld or whatever it is she does. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, I think that they look cool. Um, I think that it's it's nice. I, again, it's a bit sort of like, oh, a reminder of like kind of how much has changed. I, I don't know. I'm I'm usually more susceptible to kind of being like, oh, but that used to be that. But with this, each time the show sort of changes in a major way, I kind of just go with it. Like I don't know. I yeah. They 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 put me at ease pretty pretty quickly with with new situations. So that's nice. Um, I'm just trying to think. Anything else? Oh, this is another tidbit about the other episode we watched. This is going to be the vaguest thing in the world. But something from season three that we always thought was a thing that was never addressed comes back as a thing in this season, and I felt super validated. Karen's like, Ah! no idea what you're talking about. I got it. I got it. Do you know? I know what you're talking. Yes, I do. And it's yeah. I'm really happy that it's back too. Yeah, we we still don't know quite what it is, but I was. was, But it's there. That's the important part. For our imaginations, and we were happy. Um, Yes. I'm just trying to think about the spoilers that either we can tell or that have been publicly announced. Can you think of anything else? Oh, the whole theme for the season is can't go back. Yeah, which I think is so amazing because to me that feels like it's got two meanings. For, you know, the one part you've got the characters, they lost Allison, everything. I mean, Styles went through so much in season 3B. They can't go back. They can't change it. They can't fix it. They can't bring Allison back. They have to just keep moving forward. At the same time, I feel like that theme is also for us. Because we lost Crystal, and, you know, all this stuff happened, and we lost Daniel as well, and, you know, going into season four, there's a lot of big changes. We've got new people, we've lost old people, and they're kind of just rolling with the punches, trying to do what they can with what they have, and I feel like it's a really good theme for us as audience members to just be like, look... This is what it is. A lot of this stuff was out of their control. These people left out of their own choices, and we just need to sort of deal with it. And I love that idea of just being like, well, this is what we have. We're going to make it work. And I think that's really exciting because a lot of times when major characters leave a show, it feels so, so different. But I think Teen Wolf does such a good job of killing off major characters. Okay, sometimes they come back. But... (laughs) They, they allow you to kind of move on, and it still feels very much like the same show. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that. Like, that, that's kind of what I was saying before, like, you know, the, the group that is present in the premiere, I just kind of feel like, in a way, that that's how it always was. Like, I kind of don't, as I said, it, it, it just feels natural and like, 
not jarring or anything and it still feels like the same situations. I, I don't know, it just... They are making it work, in my opinion. I'm sure people will find a way to complain, but they are making it work. And I think that, you know, people do have to be accepting of change both in the show and, as you said, like, in the fandom. Like, But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with what we have so far, like, what we've seen and what has been announced. Like, I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty curious about a bunch of things. I am, you know, very keen to find out what's happening with Peter. I'm still not a Peter hater like some people are. I I don't really want him to be the hardcore bad guy like we've yeah. discussed many times. And I feel like Ian Bowen has my back on that. I feel like he doesn't really want Peter <laughs> to be the hardcore bad guy either. But, I mean, it depends what they want to do. But regardless, his plot's going to be interesting to me, like what his relationship with... Derek is going to be like and Malia and everything you know I'm interested to see the new kids and what happens with Lydia and if she gets to see Meredith again and you know the whole Styles and Malia situation and the Scott and Kira situation like what's going to happen if either of those are going to be proper relationships though you know once again you know what we've seen so far it doesn't really hardcore make romance a thing like it's it's present but it's not this show still isn't it's not a romance show you know it's not right but people are getting on with their lives and I think that you know it's doing a good job of of showing that so far at least oh we got to see a little bit of Mr. Yukimura he's still around that was fun he's lovely I I love him I like him (laughs) We want him forever. He's my favourite. Um, <laughs> but maybe not my favourite, but I do love him. I think he's delightful. Um, and I'm trying to think of, of other things that... Well, I'll I'll definitely be, um, in terms of episode three, be releasing some stuff ahead of that so people can get a few spoilers and, and everything. So That would be cool, um, because it was a really exciting episode that we got to see. Yes. Um, and that was very nice of Teen Wolf to supply Hyperball with a screener. It's very cool. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, new imagery of monsters that we've seen in the trailer, like people with no mouths and people with armour and all sorts of things. You know, we don't really know much about those so far. But, yeah, from what we've seen, there are definitely a lot more creatures that could have been going in that bestiary of Gerard Argent's uh, than, you know, was previously thought. Like, how many things exist, how many new things would end up being on Styles's chessboard, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always wanted since that book was introduced, and we're finally getting more of it, and I just, I'm so excited. I'm so ready for this universe to be expanded a little bit. Not too much, because I really like the way that in the Teen Wolf universe, not everything exists, or, I mean, we don't know exactly what exists yet, but... Yeah, but, like, you know how in Buffy or, you know, even Charmed, like, they kind of did the Monster of the Week thing, and so they had so much, 
And while that's cool, I feel like that's not really the tone of Teen Wolf. No. And the fact that they keep it very closed makes it more realistic. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just, I, I want the universe to expand, but I don't want them to go too far. And I think right now they're just, they're on the right path for me at least. And it's, it's really cool. Yes, I agree. So out of all of the spoilers and I guess, you know, what we've seen without being too spoilery, what are you the most excited for? Oh, man. Um, that's a really hard question. I don't know. I think right now the thing that I don't know much about would be Kate and her intentions in her role. And so I think I'm most intrigued to see where her storyline goes because I really, really like Jill Wagner and I'm really glad she's back even though I hate Kate. Um, and I'm really excited to see how she, like, how she's going to affect everybody and affect the course of the season because I have a feeling she's, she's going to have a pretty big role. She's going to be a pretty significant factor and I think that's cool that they're playing with that idea of her coming back and dealing with the fact that she's a supernatural creature now and, and how that's going to affect Chris and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty excited for finding out the Derek situation. Yeah. The how and why are some pretty big questions. <laughs> you know, his dynamic, I think, with Peter, like that we saw a bit of and and everything like that, like the dysfunctional, hale adults that they are. Um, I'm quite excited for that. Like, I, I really like um, what what I've seen, and, and I never really get sick of seeing them snark at each other. So yeah. I'm excited for that, um, I guess. And I don't know, and, and just one thing I'm not excited for is Scott and Styles' hair, and I know hair is a very big drama. <laughs> You might have been able to pick this up from the trailers, but both of them have this really bad wet look gel hair. Like, and I don't understand. They had really good hair before, like, and now they've both decided to, like, slick it with, like, and not in, like, a cool dapper way either. Just in, like, a bad 90s boy band <laughs> Not excited this, for that. This did not bother me as much as it bothered the rest of you guys. It's horrible. I, and I'm excited for Lydia... And whatever the hell is going on with the new friendship slash ship slash two people being in the same scene situation. <laughs> being that, in the same room, that's it. That's yeah. all it takes. <laughs> I'm excited for where the hell, like, if that's going to be a new duo of mystery solving or... Oh, my God. ...their connection is to each other, I... Or if it's a random one-off scene, I don't care. That I am very curious about. Oh, uh... I want to know about that. So I'm excited for that, and I'm excited for Hale Snark, basically. Um, but but Scott in general has a really... He's a man now. Like, he has a good feel to him, and I'm liking that. And, and I don't really want there to be, like, a big love triangle of, you know, Styles and Malia and Lydia, but I still do like the idea of Styles and Lydia, no matter how peop- many people go on about it. Like, um, being bad or whatever I still like the idea of them coming together in some way not not even as a a development of um you know his original crush but as them kind of rediscovering each other as people having been 
yeah actually got to know each other but then you know malia i mean styles whether they're actually together or not styles is definitely her favorite person so <laughs> and that's really hilarious so i i, I like you know i don't want a love triangle but i'm I kind of don't know what I want in that situation. So yeah. in terms of romance and shipping, I'm a little bit little bit curious about that. But they haven't really um, hinted, you know, any, any styles in Lydia at the moment. But I always, you know, I, I would have liked to see a way for it to happen in a way that wasn't, you know... I mean, her boyfriend just died and, you know, Scott's girlfriend just died. So maybe... They'll end up bonding, but then what will happen with Kira? Maybe we shouldn't think too much about the romance because <laughs> it is a bit of a headache, and a, you know, oh, yeah. this way lies drama and trouble. But there's going to be lots of good ships. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. So it's going to air next Monday. That's fun. And then I guess before that, or sort of in time with that we have a giveaway happening to celebrate the return of season four and a major tumblr milestone slash audience milestone for us at the podcast so yes karen do you want to tell the nice people about that sure um we hit fifty thousand followers on tumblr which is absolutely insane and we definitely try not to think about it because that's a little frightening but um you know that's just really a testament to brooke and courtney in particular and everything that they do with the tumblr they take good such good care of us on that front and they do such an amazing job and danya's you know has her hand in it too with a lot of the graphics that go up and um, you know, I'm just really glad that they're a part of this group because we would be pretty lost without them and the Tumblr would definitely not be what it is without them. And so we just decided to do a big giveaway, uh, you know, for the 50,000, but also kind of ahead of the season four premiere. We thought that would be a good idea. So um, we're going to give away season 3B on DVD. We're going to give away a five-ounce tin of our Not Another Team Wolf podcast tea, which was made by Daunt, which is really good, and a full set of the character buttons that we have and stickers to go along with it, and then a signed postcard with Tyler Posey's autograph on it, which we got at BikeCon 2014, yeah. so... There's, um, we'll definitely link to the Tumblr post in the show notes, and you can kind of see a graphic of everything that will be in it and the rules and what you have to do. But it's really exciting, and I think it's a really awesome little bundle that you guys are really going to like. Yes, and we are very happy to be able to give that to you guys and that you guys are following our news and our updates and hopefully some of you you know are actually listening to the podcasts via the tumblr and yeah it's just really given us an audience as a brand like as a you know a, a not a company but as a, as a group as a as an existing thing that um a lot of other podcasts or whatever don't really have the opportunity to do um because they you know only have a limited 
amount of people that they're able to contact, whereas we have a very big audience that we're able to contact uh, either about the fandom or about our own show. So that's a pretty big deal um, and pretty exciting. And we don't usually, you know, announce the numbers as we go, but this was such a big deal that we thought that we we better, you know, let everyone know <laughs> that... I'm not sure if people were, you know, were aware of how how big the, the community is around our podcast um, and the Tumblr page and everything with our name on it. So it's a pretty big deal. And as Karen said, we try not to really think about it. <laughs> anytime, anytime one of the girls is like, oh, we just hit so-and-so, Karen and I are just like, shut up. Gross. Go yeah. away. Yeah, those, those are <laughs> I think some... we all feel like that, though. Yeah, those are pretty standard answers. And whenever something happens that we don't want to think <laughs> about in the Not Another Teen Wolf podcast group, our answers are just like, ew, gross. Like, if we get an email <laughs> about an interview or, like, from a cast member or, like, if someone from the production team, like, makes a comment on us existing or something, we're just like, ugh, go away. No. <laughs> ugh. That's um, not to say we are super grateful. No, we just don't so like dealing with it. <laughs> we are not good with, with the emotions. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we do very much appreciate it, even though we say gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> it really means that we are not capable of coping with it, basically. Um, but, yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's about all that we had, unless there was anything else you can think of for spoilers. Spoilers, no. Um, kind of going off of our little business aspect that we wanted to talk about, I just wanted to say, uh, for season three, what we really tried to do was bring on a new guest each episode. And this season, uh, we might not be able to do that because of scheduling reasons, but we have a couple things lined up that we're going to try to make happen that I think is going to be really exciting. And so for season four, we're definitely going to try to get some guest hosts on as much as possible, but we have to record at a different time. So we don't know if that'll be possible. Um, so it might just be me and Natalie sometimes. Sorry, guys. Just going to have to deal with it. Uh, but we... we- Not to to just spring this on you while live recording, except that's exactly what I am doing. Um, The the time that we will be recording would actually probably be a pretty good time for anyone on the other side of the world, if if that's um, either Europe or Australia. So I don't know if we have any fandom friends in Europe or Australia that might make good guest hosts as opposed to Americans, but we would be able to record with those like it would be an all right time for those people yeah yeah and I mean in terms of you know listeners as well like we still want to get a listener or two on we have a couple of people in mind um but we still have to kind of figure out exactly what's going on so um this season a little bit up in the air in terms of guests but hopefully we have a couple of really awesome surprises that will make up for that and that's yeah. all I'm gonna say because I don't want to spoil it no hope or jinx it but we, yeah, yeah we, are, we will try and produce the most awesome content possible. Um, and we will be, you know, recording our weekly episode recap and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, so do let us know what you would, you know, hope and dream for the podcast and we will try and make it happen. Um, do you have a non sequitur question? Yes. I'm just looking around trying to think of one. No, uh, no, that's a uh, Yes. <laughs> No, Karen. No, Karen. I don't. I'm trying to think up one. If you do, you can ask it. But I. Uh, I don't. 
I was leaving it in your hands because I'm a zombie right now still. Okay. Even though it's like 10.30. I should be awake, but I'm not. Hang on, let me see. Okay. What is the most recent treat that you bought yourself? Be it a special candy, a book, a novelty item, clothing, whatever. What is the latest thing that you have treated yourself with? Um, that one's pretty easy because I just did it the other day, but it was How to Train Your Dragon on Blu-ray. Um, finally got it, like, my own physical copy of it because I'm obsessed with that movie. I've never seen this movie. Oh, it's so good. And the second one just came out. The second one was really good. I just went to the theater and saw it, and I really want to see it again because it's amazing and it's so cute. Ugh, you should watch it. I'll try and watch it. Yeah. I've seen a lot about it. But. Yeah, speaking of movies and my apparently terrible recommendations, because you hated Mortal Kombat, but we were talking about you the other day <laughs> on Rewatchable and how I love Mortal Kombat and um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, huh. and they they were like, yeah, that's a really terrible movie, <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you know, Natalie hates my movie recommendations too, so... I don't hate all of them. I mean, I, 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 fi- I find it really fun that you like these weird, weird movies. But, um, but yeah, I I don't know. Your, your, your movies are, are beautiful, Karen. They're very special. Thank you. The weirdest thing I bought my... Well, not weirdest. The, the latest... I mean, it is weird too. The latest thing I bought myself as a luxury treat was two swords and a dagger. Um, (laughs) Just so you know. I went to a comic convention on the weekend, Supernova, which is the Australian comic convention, um, or a a national, like, they they do it in each city in Australia. And it was really cool. Um, I haven't been in quite a few years, and I actually went with, uh, because they announced um, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, who plays Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones, and Jamie Lannister is an incredibly important person for me. Like, I could really do- talk for a really long time about the importance of that character. And so I was really, really excited for that and to see him do a panel and stuff. And the other big guests that were there were John Barrowman of John Barrowman fame. No, of... You know, Doctor Who, Torchwood, and um, Arrow. He's currently a regular on Arrow. Um, and Stan Lee of Stan Lee fame. And that was really cool. Stan Lee was great. His panel was hilarious. He's a real showman. John Barrowman is completely insane and always amazing um, <laughs> and so sweet. And I got to, by the way, listeners who may or may not remember the episode in which I said in my non-sequitur question that my weird non-celebrity crush is John Barrowman's husband, Scott Gill. John Barrowman's husband, Scott Gill, was at the convention. Yeah, I'm not the only person with this weird crush. The whole freaking panel was, like, screaming <laughs> for him to get on stage. Apparently, I'm not the only weird Scott Gill creeper. People were getting <laughs> photos with him. Like, John put oh. him into, their paid, into his paid photo session... Like, where people paid to get, like, a celebrity photo with John Barrowman. And they were getting it with Scott Gill. Like, people were trading oh. their John Barrowman photos to get one with Scott Scott Gill. And, okay, so I feel like 
kind of validated, except also a bit weirdly jealous and possessive. So, yeah, if you saw me tweeting from the podcast account, it was because I was trying to communicate with the one person who commented on that episode being like, I don't think it's weird. I love Scott Gill too. Whoever you were, I got to meet Scott Gill on the weekend. It was very important. Um, Anyway, there was uh, several stands selling swords, like replica, you know, ornamental swords. And I've basically wanted swords. I've wanted a sword for pretty much as long as I can remember. And I don't, and I'd never really been in the opportunity to buy one. I've been to conventions before, but they weren't, I've never seen weaponry on sale there. They must've only started doing it fairly recently. And I went a little bit crazy and bought two swords and a dagger. Um, they were not as expensive as I remember seeing swords being in like weaponry shops when I was a kid. So that was good. But yeah, I now have two swords and I keep practicing whipping them out of the sheath and to use them in my living room. So <laughs> I would be doing the same thing. Are they replica swords of like from somewhere in particular or um, one is allegedly meant to be Arya's sword needle from Game of Thrones, but I was uh-huh. watching Game of Thrones last night and it ain't that sword. Like it's not the same <laughs> at all. I just really liked it because of the size and the weight of it. Um, and then there's another one that's actually meant to be like an Arthurian um, round table sword of some one of the Knights of the Round Table. It's not like a Lord of the Rings one or something. There were heaps of Lord of the Rings ones. I didn't I didn't get any of those. Um, and that one... I want to kill Bill's sword. The Arthur, Arthurian one is really nice. Um, there was a lot of Japanese-style swords as well, but I like the medieval ones. Yeah. Anyway, I have swords. They're not that sharp or anything, but if there's a burglar, they might be freaked out if I come at them swinging a sword. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, um, I didn't meet... I didn't really see any Teen Wolf people. Um, I saw so many cosplayers of, like, everything in the world except Teen Wolf at the convention. Um, like, really, really good cosplayers. Five million, like, Captain America and Winter Soldiers. Like, so many. Um, Game of <laughs> Thrones, like, lots, always lots of Doctor Who, like, lots of Jack Harkness and stuff. But apparently there was one girl who was Derek Hale, and I didn't see her, and she was carrying around a Grumpy Cat doll, and she was doing Grumpy uh-huh. Cat faces with it. So she, and, and I'm disappointed. Apparently, we found a photo of her later on, like, on the internet, and I never saw her, but, Yeah. So that happened, and I've gone on for a bit long about that now, but yeah, swords, and there were no Teen Wolf guests. We haven't had Teen Wolf guests at a supernova, but there is going to be a Teen Wolf-specific small convention in Australia later in the year, so I will be there if anyone else from Australia is going to be there. Not in official capacity, because they have not asked us to come and represent in any way, because they don't know who we are, so that's fine. Even if they did, they might not because they're not our friends or anything like they're professional people um but i will be there as a fan and i'll be there standing my boy max carver um and (laughs) that'll be fun yay um all right i don't think we have anything else to mention right now so we'll let you go we will have another episode obviously reviewing the pilot i keep saying pilot I, me too. Reviewing the premiere of season four, uh, which will air on Monday night. And 
If anything major occurs, we may have another episode between now and then for you, but that's not a, a promise. It's a it's a just a possibility. But hopefully you are excited for season four and hopefully you'll be sticking with us throughout the season four and getting kind of excited and thrilled and stoked and terrified about what's happening. Oh, I forgot. Just before we go. Something that people managed to sort of pick apart from some stuff in the trailers and the stuff on Styles' murder board is it seems like that something is going to go down at the school or in Beacon Hills in general involving infectious diseases or an epidemic and quarantine. I don't know what it is, but epidemics and quarantine are like one of my biggest fears in the entire world. So that's oh, gonna no. be fun for me. Like it's like it's it's like like it's a big anxiety panic that happening in the world is like my biggest irrational fear. I mean, you know, it, it would be a very rational fear if it started happening, but that's like my like apocalyptic fear. Like I'm not scared of like a tsunami happening or something. I mean, I am. If it, if it happened to happen, I'd be scared. But <laughs> it's not something I actively think about. Like, oh my god, what if a tsunami comes? But I'm super terrified of the idea of, like, crazy epidemics and and illness, basically. So, please, that's going to be fun for me to watch. So, maybe I'll just quit the show and not watch anymore or something. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that probably won't happen, but... I was going to say, that will never happen. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, so epidemics, that should be fun. Yay. Thanks. Cool. I have no idea what even that could be. Like, I have no no idea how they're going to do that, but... Yeah, like, if it's going to be supernatural-based or if it's going to be, like, an actual, just regular thing. It could go either way at this point, because they did say there's going to be more human problems. I just, yeah, hope it won't be too traumatizing. Anyway, um, we'll let you go. So, yes, thank you for listening with us and having, you know, and sticking with the show. And hopefully everyone gets excited about what's coming next because we're going on a road trip to Mexico. Um, (laughs) There was a sufficient amount of riding in the Jeep having awkward conversations, which is what I was hoping for, basically. That's what I had my fingers crossed for for season four, was road trip with awkward Jeep conversations, and there were some, so that's fun. All right, we'll let you go. Uh, So, yes, I will say bye to Karen, so bye-bye. Bye. Just out of reach, down the block, on a beach Maybe tonight, maybe tonight, maybe tonight Stupid, how do you shut this off? Shut it off! I'm sick of this stupid podcast <laughs>